Welcome to your typical Shona protagonist. He's Kai, I'm Kels, and today we're talking ReZero, starting life in another world, season two. First off, Kai, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Man, I feel like I've had a conversation with the witch of greed. I know too much, man. I know too much, and I don't need this knowledge in my life. Oh, Lord. Yeah, that's what that'll do it. That, that's kind of kind of what this whole season is about. Uh, you know, knowledge and adventure and, and intrigue that may or may not be the way things have to happen just because of the past. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. It was like one of those seasons or one of those animes where it was like an information dump. Um, but, like, I feel like it worked for me. Like, I definitely enjoyed season two more than I enjoyed season one. And I feel like there was a lot less action. Like, overall, there was a lot less action because we had, like, you know, our action um, towards the end, of course, with the fights. Um, but, you know, there wasn't any, like... There wasn't any escapades to take down a well. There was no fighting any Beltagist. Well, it's not entirely true. But Beetlejuice. <laughs> Beetlejuice, yeah, sorry. Beetlejuice. Um Yeah, there was a lot less, you know, shonen fighty stuff, but there was a lot more like mental fighting going on in this season. That makes sense. There was a lot of more dialogue wars like with Subaru and exchanges towards other people and um, just got a lot of people challenging their values and a lot of people having a girl. Like, the trials of Sanctuary were my ish, bro. Like, the whole... This arc was my ish. I enjoyed season two more than season one. Yeah. So, season two is really... We're stuck in a singular location in Paradise. You know, after season one, we find out that, okay, a lot of people died after the fight with the... Uh, with the white whale and the random dude who shows up, um, Regulus Corneus, mm-hmm. um, whoever he is. I think it, he's the greed guy now. Yeah. But he shows up and then kills a bunch of people and gluttony takes a bunch of memories. And then we find out, okay, so Rem has fallen into a coma because both her name and her memories have been stolen. Uh, Crusha has been her memory has been wiped but she's still like obligated to her oath and like the help that she received from Subaru and the others and so there's this whole thing with that but then we wind up at sanctuary where everyone fled when the witch cult was attacking and once we get to sanctuary we find out mystery and intrigue ensues half-blood people can't leave which includes amelia. apparently amelia yes yes so that's a whole interesting thing and then we kind of get like a look into like amelia's past which was i feel like very well needed and then we kind of figure out that she's you know like what 300 years old something like that 400 yeah 400 years everyone's old. 400 years old everybody no matter who it's everybody so and we really find out a lot of this stuff happened like 400 years ago. Like uh, Beetlejuice was also, you know, 400 years. A regular years. dude. Yeah, <laughs> a regular dude who had such a tragic past, man. Like, that's like top 20 anime tragic past for me. Like, killing the woman you love, like, and then thinking you're doing, <laughs> like, saving her is... I see how he went crazy, honestly. Like, that that was wild. Um, but that, that's what happens when you, you know, that's just what happens. Because I got to yeah. make sure I keep things, in, you know. That, that That's that's what happens. And it, and it super sucks. I mean, I find it interesting that we introduce uh, Petalies or Beetlejuice, you know, early on as the first, like, main witch cult enemy. He's the first big bad guy with the with the witch cult, and you know we he's the really the first one that we get to see witch cult powers from. Yeah, and then to turn around in season two and give him a whole ass backstory, where he's this good guy who's concerned about Amelia and the people of the forest, 
and he's cold chilling with this this woman who's you know taking care of Amelia and to have that go tragically south it's like man that's how you make me care about a dead character yeah no for real like seeing that like <sighs> seeing that he like you know sacrificed so much and was going through a lot and he was kind of basically in love with Amelia's aunt and everything and then like I'm like wow like you said that's even though his character's dead but since his backstory was absolutely crazy and I feel like that's what we got a lot of too was like you know a lot more character development in this season like the sanctuary really brought that out um with the trials that she had to go through because I believe Amelia had to go through three trials to unlock sanctuary for the half-bloods um which we see Subaru try to do you know the trials for her and it's really kind of like you know where he comes full circle with realizing you know supporting you and doing things for you are two different things so letting her stand on her own two feet um but before that kind of happens we see his like sanctuary journey and him meeting you know echidna the witch agreed which is honestly the wife who of ray zero for me is echidna like really yes like i i don't know man something about her Something about her. I think she also might be voiced by my favorite voice actor. I will have to, like, double-check the science on that one. Are you talking about uh, Japanese or English voice actresses? Japanese. Did not watch this in English. Don't know what it sounds like. Yeah, I know. I, I feel you. Uh, equally, looking at the voice cast list, I'm like, oh, wow. That's a lot of, you know, top-tier voice actors. Mm-hmm. Japanese, it was Maya Sakamoto. Yes, and I love Maya Sakamoto. She's not like, you know, she's not my number one because my number one is still Shinobu's voice actor and she's done Mira Jane and um, Yui, like just uh, a whole infinite list of people. We got to yeah, do that one day. But um, so she was Merlin. In Seven Deadly Sins. Yeah, she was Akito in Fruits Baskets. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, she's very versatile. Um, So, she's also Jen Arc in Fate Apocrypha, so that's a, that's a thing. Oh, she was Mari in freaking um, Thrice Upon a Time, so that's why I mess with wow. her so hard. Yeah. But, um, yeah, <coughs> excuse me, Lord. Um, but yeah, no, I really love her voice acting, and I feel like she, Ekidana as well, like, just her character, like, her being Ekidana. the witch Ekidana. Sorry. Dang Man. it, Zach. Echidna. <laughs> Echidna's character is just, like, so, you know, I feel, like, real to me, because it's, like, it, and that's what the thing we learned about all the witches, because we saw a bunch of different witches here in Sanctuary, um, all of them except Satella, even though, I guess... Holy shice, man. We did see Satella too. And Satella being Amelia, or looking exactly like Amelia. How'd you feel about that? Oh my gosh. I was I was curious. Especially when we... So, you know, of course, Subaru is trying to do all this stuff. And he's, you know, struggling through it. And he's getting a, a confrontation with all of the witches. and And finally... Satella comes in and is like, I love you. And this whole thing. And like, we get the first confrontation between the two. And the fact that it looks so incredibly like Amelia, it was, you know, leading you on to question whether or not her, like Amelia's current mind state in, in struggling and failing and not having someone to be there to help her cope when she failed the trials was somehow making her be the the witch of envy. Mm-hmm. No, but, I, will, I will, go ahead. No, go go on, go on. No, I just I'm say like I like wonder because like no, what we still don't know like who that is. Like a lot of the fandom like believes that you know that Amelia and the witch and Satilla are the same person, but something to do with like time travel. Nah. But like at this point, I can't like even fathom that. 
also, I'm it's, just like, I don't know, man. Like, why does she look like it? Some people think it could be her mother. Like, I don't know, man. Like, do you have any crazy theories after saying that? No, I mean, it, it has to be one for one. Like, Amelia is Satilla's daughter. How? I don't know. If I had to ballpark a guess based on my extensive quote-unquote knowledge of anime and, and kind of plot devices, it's going to be something dumb. Like, Satilla falls in love with Amelia's dad. Somehow Amelia's dad either dies or gets murdered. And Satilla goes on to, you know, cause 400 years of strife. Mm-hmm. I can see that. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, she did, I don't know, ruin the world, but also I can't blame her for it. That's kind of the plot line they may go with. But equally, like, Amelia is the result of that. So I think Amelia is going to be very much one for one, the daughter of the Witch of Envy. Like, no no cap, just like straight on, the child of. And uh, we're going to have to deal with that. But... Who knows? Because, like, they definitely play a lot with, um, previously, we had talked about Puck. Who is Puck? And claiming that, you know, Amelia is her, like, Puck's daughter. But, like, we get to see kind of that relationship through this season as we go on and learn the history of each character. That, uh, Mother Fortuna is her aunt and talks exactly the same way. Like, there something has to happen to cause the soul of fortuna to become puck so you think probably yeah okay so that's another thing i would say i was very curious about like what happened to fortuna's like soul but i didn't think about it being tranced into puck so that could be a thing yeah because i didn't think about because, that because we get the same verbiage like we call we hear fortuna call Umbelia Leah, and the only character in the entire show that does that is Puck. That's a good analogy. I didn't even, or not analogy, but that's a good analysis. <laughs> I didn't even like notice that, honestly. I was like, okay. And it's, it's kind of just sprinkled in. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, How? You know, I don't know, but is probably. Yeah. Like, Child Amelia was also adorable, but like very much so like Amelia, I feel like um I really want to know why she had to be secluded too. Like because she was the key to unlocking her mother her her biological mom's seal. Boom, that's why. So you think Pandora showed up cuz she wanted to like release um Satilla? Cuz oh, Pan- probably. Pandora is a bitch. Like <laughs> like she is like I don't know what's going on with Pandora I think Pandora might be the true like antithesis which like cause she didn't show up in Sanctuary did she like all the other ones no, did I, but Pandora didn't I don't think we saw Pandora now I guess the the question also is why why was Amelia not allowed out when uh, Beetlejuice and his followers came around because that's when we see her initially locked up. Is yeah. when when the when Beetlejuice comes around. But then Beetle like she finds Beetlejuice and it's a whole deal. Suddenly it's just okay. Mm-hmm. So like But uh go ahead. No, I was gonna say that's a good question too. I don't know why. I think it might just have to do with, with his followers and and the level of importance that all of this has. Because when you know in this season we find out that the only one that can see the key to unlock the sealed door is Amelia like Pandora can't see the key mhm so the simply the knowledge of who is able to do what is dangerous yeah okay hmm how did you feel about the fight where we see Beetlejuice use his uh sloth power like take on the authority of sloth and then apply it. You mean take on greed? No, he had the he had some kind of magical witch authority box that he consumed oh, and yeah, he yeah, was yeah, then yeah, dubbed yeah. sloth. Like the first instance of him using the invisible hands. 
Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, I wonder, do they all have origins like that? Because I know we see the Apostle of Greed and the Apostle of, like, um, Sloth, like you said. Or not Sloth, um, Gluttony, the name either. So I wonder, were they all, like, had a similar kind of, like, past to that? Or, like, was Pet- did Petrius go crazy? Or was he crazy because he wasn't, you know like the others like he wasn't evil intent like so i was very curious about that that brought up a good a lot of good questions but i i liked how that went narratively i didn't think that was like lazy writing or a cop out or anything so yeah i I thought that was interesting i i really liked how in in season one our introduction to beetlejuice we have this kind of very distinctive personality and speech trait where he just hits you with the Yes, in kind of like the confirmation at the end of all of his sentences. It's a punctuation mark. And and in when he's Jusu, it it doesn't exist, right? When he's just a regular dude cold chilling, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of punctuation mark isn't there. But as he become like he takes on the power and is fighting, it slowly becomes a, a whole personality trait. And by the end of the thing, when uh, Pandora is like, yes, love is why you did it. And you can't be wrong for love. Like, that's the moment in which we see him go fully insane and evil. Mm-hmm. And that, that death, that, that punctuation mark is truly there. We see the origin of the character and the traits that make him who he is. I, I think that was incredibly well done. Yeah. Like... I, I thought it was, I agreed to. Like, I think that was, so, like, there were, like, four highlights for me from this. Um, and, like, the Betelgeuse backstory with um, Fondora, or not Fondora, what do I want to call her, Fontaine, what the hell? Um, Fortuna. Fortuna, there we go. Um, with Fortuna was one of them. Um, another one, surprisingly, was Subaru, because it was him telling uh echidna that he returns by death and he was so happy that he could like say it and that was like really emotional I was like yo wow you know i really thought that was well done when he was like i can i've been returning by death like and him just shouting it out because he hasn't been able to say it and the fact that he could say it there with that plane i really enjoyed that moment as well and i thought it was done really well and that's probably another one of the reasons i like um Echidna is like one of my favorite characters in ReZero just because she she's not as two dimensional as like, you know, she's the true like face of like, you know, chaos. I feel like she's not really evil, but she's more so of chaos, I feel, because she has that mentality of just because I'm good don't doesn't mean I want to do bad things. And just because I'm bad doesn't mean I want to do good things, you know, like. The human experimentation and stuff she was doing was wrong. Her leaving, you know, Betty was probably wrong. But, like, all that stuff she did was wrong. But, you know, she still, you know, helped people. You know, she still helped Roswald. She still helped Subaru. Like, you know, she gave Amelia a shot. She didn't just, like, discourage her. So, I, I don't know. I really enjoy that. And also, I really liked... The Betty stuff, too. Like, the Beatrice stuff. Like, and her just, like, opening up and her, you finding out that she is, you know, a kitten's daughter. And she's also 400 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, is Subaru the only one who's not 400 years old? Like. <laughs> um. Damn near it. Yeah, it's. But no, I, I agree with you. Like the whole the whole plot around Echidna, um, I really do like and 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 the complexity, definitely to your point. Um she describes herself as an evil witch who occasionally does good things. Hmm. Which gets us to our entire plot and motivation of season two with Roswell doing a bunch of dumb things because he's trying to get back to his teacher, Echidna. And that comes at the cost of anybody. So, like, the entirety of season two's plot is a big mystery because 
we have to find the big bad guy who sent the assassins to murder everyone at the at the um at the, the mansion. mansion. Yeah. That who also was. called the Great Rabbit to come eat everyone at the sanctuary. Like it's the same person, and surprise, surprise, it's Roswell. It was the big bad of this season. That was crazy. That was wild. And also the fact that like, you know, that the book is the um like it's the what's the evil book called again? Um They call the evil book a uh, gospel. Yes, the witch's gospel. Um was written by Echidana and was or Echidna, damn it. Was written by Echidna and also Roswell having one was wild and that he lived his okay. whole life according to that. So Echidna wrote the Book of Wisdom. All of the other gospels are a copy of the Book of Wisdom. Yes. So Echidna wrote it. Echidna did not write the gospels. Echidna wrote the Book of Wisdom. The gospels are a counterfeit of it. Yes. So, okay, let me rephrase that. But yes. They are following Echidna's writings. No. No? I mean, all... Only because Echidna holds all of the knowledge in the universe and all of that shit. Yes. But anyways, proceeding. Yes. So, um, that Roswell was living his life from one, which is wild, and the fact that's why he had, like, chosen Subaru in the first place, and Amelia, and just all that, like, that was wild. And the, and the fact that Betty's copy was entirely blank? Mm-hmm. Man. That's so that's so wrong. Like, how are you gonna give your daughter a blank book to stare out for four hundred years, waiting for the one to come through the door? And then find out it could have been anybody. <sighs> yeah, kidding is man. Kidding is definitely fucked up. I will say that she is not a saint for sure. Yeah, but at least you know she's not Roswald. Who's like, I was like, wow, like. And the fact that, like, how about Amelia just going back to, like, trust Oswald after that? That was wild. Then, Man, shout out to Amelia. So, mm-hmm. Amelia's whole progression of this plot. And, you know, we spend the first half of the season with Subaru. And he's he's struggling through, trying to find a way to to resolve this problem. Of trying to be at two places at once and managing a whole bunch of different characters and achieving things. And his Subaru's whole plot is that he's just not strong enough. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not strong enough. You have to rely on other people. But we get to see through that so much of uh, Amelia's struggle with struggling with her past and struggling with the gap of understanding of her past and then her her dealing with it and growing with it and then going to succeed like amelia's whole progression was really where it was at in the second half of this season yeah no i agree like amelia's growth was like i kind of really liked how we saw both subaru and amelia grow like it makes me feel like they're both the main characters because which for sure they are. The guild is the main character. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. I sorry. Was... Any anytime I hear that, man, I'm just like, okay. But no, to to your point, yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Like the both both of these characters are critical to the plot. If it was just Subaru, then it'd be just your typical shonen bullshit. Yeah. So, um anyway, so yeah. So that like her seeing her growth and everything with that was very like, you know, it was very good. Like, seeing that, seeing her, like, confront Ekidana at the end and was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ekidana. Damn it. Uh, but, Echidna, yeah. but, no, definitely. Her entire interaction with Echidna um, as a witch. Man, when she, so when she finally come, where it's time. She's going to go do, she's going to go confront her past. So Puck has left her. Puck has canceled their contract. Subaru has left her in the middle of the night to go draw cute shit on the wall of the 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 graveyard. Mm-hmm. But because he left her in the middle of the night, he's a liar. And she's finally made the commitment to go. 
and face her her challenges because her memories are coming back and she's ready to deal with it. And when she walks in the face your path challenge and she meets Echidna and she talks her shit, I was like, this is what I have been waiting for the entire time. Talk yo shit, Amelia. Mm-hmm. I... I really enjoyed that as well. Like her and just kind of giving it back to her and um, a kid that just being like, kind of like what? Like, why, why do you think Echidna hates Amelia? I think Echidna hates Amelia because Amelia reminds Echidna of herself. Because one thing we see about all the witches is that they, they didn't mean to be bad people. They just did incredibly bad things by accident. Like, because you see, what is it? The witch of, the one that was in the coffin. Which one was she again? She was the witch of. You uh, talking about gluttony? Yes, gluttony. How gluttony, the witch of glutton literally made the. um <laughs> Three great beasts. Yes, all for like intended purposes. Like the rabbit was so people would never starve. Like, but only if they could kill them and like fight the fight of survival. <laughs> yes, and then I forgot what the whale was for, and I forgot what the destruction worm was for. Um, yeah, what, I don't even know if we got to that yet. But um, we see the we see the black snake, but we don't get much on him. Yes, we just get like knowledge that exists. Um, so we see that she did that, and that Raph accidentally, you know, <laughs> destroyed. Like a whole city or something, like when she was trying to save somebody. And uh, we don't know what Sloth and, you know, Pride and Lust did, but I'm sure it's like something similar to those things as well. So I feel like, you know, Ekidana used to be like Amelia. Like she used to, you know, want to save the world and have knowledge for the world because people needed to know things and help that. And then she got corrupted in her pursuit of trying to help. And she sees, like, a kitten as someone before that. And I feel like that's what pisses her off. Um, so I feel like a kitten might hate her for that. So I, I could see that. Also, and it's one of those things. We don't get... Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, also, that kind of works to the theory that, like, you know, Amelia is Satilla or, like, her daughter or something. Because just, like, you know, she could have been the same way. And that's how we got Satilla. Yeah. No, um it and, and and it's definitely one of those things that's not confirmed. It's left a lot in question. But to see that kind of like genuine disdain on Echidna's face through the the challenges, through the trials, is really like, man, what did Satea do to you? Like what happened to make you hate? A kid. Like, is it just because you see yourself in her? Is it like something else happened? It, it leaves room for another mystery, which I'm sure we'll probably find out in season three, whenever that happens. Hopefully soon. But yeah, and just like, like just how, just how a kid was like, I'm going to use you. Like, it's a super. She's like, I'm just going to use you, you know, because I'm for my own curiosity. And Ugh, it's Echidna is Echidna is trash but I also love her like she's she's one of my favorite things about season 2 like next to like I, I love seeing more about all the witches because this really expanded the world of ReZero for me and like that's what season 2 did they expanded everything because at first I was like okay it's kind of like finite you know it's just going to be like this kingdom and we know that there's the other kingdom because they were going to run away but now we see oh there's more to it I'm like wow and like you said, a lot, it was kind of just confined to Sanctuary, but a lot happened in Sanctuary. Like, we went to the past, we went to the present, and we saw, like, forms of the future. You know, we saw Subaru and Amelia, like, kiss, which, that was a whole thing. Which, how did you feel about that? How did you feel about, like, you know, it not being the end of series? <laughs> like, it being season two, and we got actual romantic, like, progress. So, seeing Subaru... And his whole kind of plot progression from season one, which I didn't really like, up through season two. And season two's whole plot point 
with Subaru, his opportunity for growth, was seeing that he couldn't just kind of will himself to be the hero. Like, he had to rely on others for their strength. And to see that kind of change when it goes into trusting Amelia in being strong enough to deal with the trials where he was not, because we see him go through the trials. We see him deal with his past where he sees his parents. And then we see him go through the second trial of uh, witnessing a, a, uh, an unobtainable present. And he's seeing all of his, like the, the outcome of all of his deaths as if they were the singular timeline and everyone dealing with a dead Subaru and him not being able to like deal with that. Yeah. And then him losing the blessing to be able to go and try again. So like seeing Subaru's whole whole growth in this to finally get a relationship point where Subaru has both, you know, love and trust in Amelia's ability to do it. I really liked the whole scene where he's like, "I love you, but you are not perfect. You are a pain in the ass because you're just out here all talk." But equally, I love you, and I will continue to support you because that's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And to see her, and and they they later on talk about this when it's Roswell, he's trying to like get Amelia to doubt herself and and her relationship with uh, Subaru, and he's like he's just projecting his opinion, like his values on you. You know, he doesn't really love you, and then she's like. He, he, he just sees you as his ideal of a woman. And she's like, oh, no, he told me otherwise. He told me exactly what he thought of me. Mm -hmm. He sees me for who I am, good and bad, and he still loves and trusts me to go on. I thought that was a really great scene. And to see that come, you know, in the form of a kiss uh, was really nice to, like, kind of get that romantic payoff that... Okay, they're not just going to tease us this entire time. It's not just going to be, oh, they love each other, blah, blah. Like, the relationship is going to grow. We're going to watch it grow. And uh, I found the whole joke at the end of this season where she's like, all right, we're done with all of this stuff. We finally have an opportunity to have a serious talk. I will raise this child. <laughs> what are we going to do about <laughs> the baby inside of me? <laughs> like, and he's, he's it was like, what? Mm -hmm. What do you mean, baby? Like, that was... <laughs> that was hilarious to me. And I thought that was so funny because I was like, okay, like, this goes back to a whole Amelia's innocence type thing. You know, I thought that was a really... um, well, That was a really, like, fun thing and her keeping that innocence throughout it. Like, I really, like I said, I really enjoyed the Amelia in um, Subaru experience in this. Um... Garfield, how did you feel about Garfield and Frederica and what was going on with those two? Garfield was the Bakugo of of this show. Now, are you saying that just because he's literally voiced by Bakugo? I mean, it's the same fucking character, though, right? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it's also the same <laughs> voice actor, so I'm like, yeah. So, yes, it, other than, you know, being a beast man, like, this is, this is Bakugo, like, and I thought he did a fine job of, of uh, you know, being obstinate and, and having a conviction and having fears and, and whatnot. I liked that he was all scared and, like, the motivation for him not wanting anyone to leave was based on personal trauma. And then seeing him deal with that through the trial was, was nice. Because it wasn't about, like, beating sense into him. It was getting him to, like, understand the reality. Mm-hmm. Like, I like Darfield. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just think it's weird how like, like, cause Nobaruko Otakamo is the person who voices him, and it's like all his characters are like Loki the same, but he's like the best at it. You know, like I can't picture you know another like another like a Bakuto type character is always done by like the, like if you think about Jaguar and Beastars like. Same vibe, or I don't know if you've watched like freaking haiku where it's like Michioya, or like you know, I don't, 
really know like how deep you've gotten into these shows, but it's like he's the same kind of vibe of a character, but like he really in this he kind of captured, which makes me even more hype for like season six of My Hero Academia because we see like this emotional side of that character, like that these characters have layers, and Garfield. Garfield and Otto might be Loki my favorite characters in ReZero right now just because of the development they had and seeing Garfield like you know come from this place of being like kind of scared because he was like a half blood and everything and like their mother left him and he never really got over that and him feeling like he's responsible and he has to like protect everybody but then like you know and once he figures out he's more than that he can actually you know protect people like, the Elsa and Garfield fight was my ish, bro. Like, I I love that fight. How did you feel about that? Man, I'm glad that we finally found someone to go to toe-to-toe with Elsa. Like, and for that to be presumably the final fight with Elsa as a character. Like, I'm glad we, we got to spend so much time growing this character to root for to then see him go be successful. Yes, like... <clears throat> and okay maybe it was me but did that feel maybe not as much as like a fight as a like if it was definitely a fight don't get me wrong but it also felt kind of like it was Elsa like confessing to Garfield like she was falling in love with him as the fight progressed I mean, I felt like she found, I don't know, maybe, but I wouldn't may necessarily go that far. Like, because just but, the things, but, like, she said dialogue-wise, she was like, I love you after I kill you, like, and just her being, like, excited that, like, this was finally someone that understood her. Sure, I mean, she's, she showed that kind of vibe in all of her fights, like, when when it intrigued her, but finally she had someone to go toe-to-toe with that was in the same mindset and and power level to go fight and hash it out and claw and gnash their teeth and struggle to live. And that was a vibe that really resonated with her. I don't know if it was romantic or not, but it was definitely like, okay, you've seen things and this is what made you who you are. And those same things made me who I am. Yeah, like, and... I just thought it was, like, really symbolic because I guess the other girl was her sister. And, you know, of course, Frederick is Garfield's sister. And seeing, like, that kind of fight with the mob use and everything. And also, the man, can we just talk about, like, how clean that fight looked, too? Like, that man did not have to twist off that hippo head. Like, <laughs> I was like, bruh. <laughs> like, but, um, I don't know. I felt like Elsa, I really liked Elsa's character, too. And, like, had she not that she was just you know a step on me energy character but like it felt like good to have someone who was just like rotten you know like it wasn't just like you know it wasn't like i didn't have to like empathize with her like and have to be like yeah you know i feel this i'm kind of like i see where you're coming from it's just like no she had like a mission and she was gonna do it at all costs she was a higher assassin like, and this was a fight to the death. And, like, I don't know. It's just, like, it was something so wild about this. Seeing them, like, like Garfield just bite her neck. And then he bit, she bit his neck. And just sitting here, like, like, I don't know what happened. We saw, like, the leg raising, too. And then Garfield just, like, threw a hip on her. And then that man to be like, I don't even fuck about your backstory. Like, just. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, man. When that man hit her with the, you're a vampire. And then proceeded to murder her. Yeah, it was pretty great. Yeah, so I really enjoyed that. That was like my, I think that was like one of my top fights for that year in anime. And then our boy Otto just like coming through, like being the freaking, what would you call him? Like the best friend. Yeah, like, I mean, there's like a character type that he fits, but I can't like think of it for me or think of it at the moment. Um, Me neither. We really get to see Otto, though, especially through season one to now. We introduce him in season one. We see him, you know, just as uh, an acquaintance. One time we see him straight murder Subaru by pushing him out of the cart to save himself from the white whale. 
And then from then on, Otto is a helpful character. So in season two, we really get to see Otto, you know, for who he is and his backstory and his interaction with with uh, Subaru and, and really growing into that friendship and being one of the catalysts for getting Subaru to understand, like, one, people care about you, and two, you can rely on them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be so sad when, you know, Ram chooses Stockholm Syndrome over Otto. Or no, Garfield. That's Rand. Garfield. My yep. bad. Yep. That's, yep. that's going to be sad. But, um... Which, how did you feel about that? Do you think that, you know, Ram was, like, still going to be with, like, you know, Roswald after all the fucked up shit that he did? All I'm saying is poor Otto. He got, like, three sentences. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. But, poor yes, um, no, I, I totally expected that, that she would, assuming she was alive after the events of this season... Um, no matter what happened, that she would still kind of pair up with uh, Roswald. Like, that. if nothing else, the two demon sisters are, are two of a kind. They are, are convicted and loyal to those who they love, no matter what the circumstances is. Because, you know, we find out that Roswald is the one who, who orchestrated her village being murdered by witch cultists. Trash. Absolute trash. So, so not only is Roswald the one who, you know, murdered her entire family or at fault for murdering her entire family, he's also at fault for her losing her horn. Mm-hmm. But then she goes and falls in love with him. And, you know, Stop the power of true love. It's like the truest <sighs> case of Stockholm Syndrome. I know I joke about that. It's like the truest case of Stockholm Syndrome I think I've ever seen in anime. Like, is. And it's just kind of weird. I mean, it's not kind of. It's very weird. Like, because we see, like, her sitting in his lap and everything is like a kid and him, like, brainwashing her. It was... <sighs> not brainwashing her. Like, applying mana. She knows what he did. And, you know, the, the wants of the heart are inconceivable. Yeah, I'm... Yeah. Because she whole ass is like, I will fight you for this tome. It wasn't like, yes, master. It was like, I'm coming for you. Fuck the witch. Like, yeah. So, so then we saw like Roswald being in love with, you know, Echidna. It was, I feel like Rezero is just going to be a story of everybody loving somebody else. <laughs> except Amelia except, and Subaru. It better not be Amelia Subaru. That's all I'm saying. Like, man, when we got that reveal where she was like, the child, I was like, this better not be some new plot twist at the end of the season where we find out she's been in a relationship with somebody else for the entire time. I swear to God. <laughs> oh, Lord. I hope But uh, thank God thank, thank God it wasn't. It yeah. was a miscommunication. Yeah, so... Yeah, just like... I mean, at least, you know... I was gonna say, at least Beatrice isn't in love with anybody. She's But her story is pretty sad, too. Like... She's kind of yeah. I mean, at least Beatrice made it out. Yes, like, and she's strong AF too. She took out the White Rabbits with Amelia. Yeah, what I mean, teamwork. Yeah, and then Subaru also doing that was there to moral support and like distract them. So yeah, with uh, a <laughs> I'm returned by oh god, <laughs> I'm just that that made me laugh. Um. But yeah, no, overall, like, I know we talked about, you know, the sanctuary, the witches, Roswald just being the mastermind behind it all, which was a crazy plot twist for me. Um, seeing, like, the history of things. Um, Rim being asleep for all this. How do you feel about that? Man, I hate that we have to wait for another season. Like, how many episodes is it going to take for us to, one, get done with the series? Like... I've had a good time. I've enjoyed whatever I watched. I'm ready for an ending. Like, give me Rem back, put Amelia on the throne, and don't push this into the fourth season. You're probably going to be very, you know, unsatisfied. <laughs> I think there's 12 white oh, yeah. novels. I think we're on, like, Sanctuary was the longest arc, though, in the light novels, just so you know. So, 
Look, all I'm saying is 86 better not take four seasons. Oh, my gosh. Just man. <laughs> Listen, sir. 86 can take as long as... I just... I cannot handle any more shitty anime endings, bro. Like, I just... <laughs> as long as it takes for them to get it right is how I feel. Because, like... Oh, my God. Food Wars hold me. Like, freaking Attack on Titan hold me. Like... I'm pretty sure a few more are gonna hoe me. Like I feel you. ReZero better not hoe me. I have invested too much mentally <laughs> into ReZero for it to hoe me. Like, <sighs> like I literally had I sat there and I re I had to rewatch some episodes of season two, bro, because I was like, I didn't understand what the fuck just happened. Like <laughs> So he's gonna wind up with the uh the sword saint. Oh my gosh. Reinhard, hell no. Like the maybe he's gonna wind up with old Rom, old Rom. Oh well, that that would be wild. That would be so wild. I'd probably be here for it, honestly. Like <laughs> that would be so wild. Anyway, now I can't stop hyper focusing on that. But <laughs> like, I feel like you know this will have a good ending. I just like you said. I wonder when it will come. Um, I don't know if the light novel is over. But I do know that, like, this makes a butt ton of money and people love it. So it's probably going to be one of those things that they kind of like milk for a little bit. But um, hopefully, you know, it's not a detriment to it. I feel like I feel like there's enough stuff because we got to go through, you know, more sins. Like we've only seen I don't know how many apostles we've seen, but I think we've only seen greed. Sloth and gluttony. So we got to get the other witches apostles, I'm sure. Which are, um, like I said, we haven't seen Pride. We haven't seen Lust. I'm pretty sure Subaru is basically Envy's apostle. Like how do No, you... he is Sloth. He absorbed the hands from Sloth. Yeah, no, but I'm saying I feel like he was Envy's to start off with. No, because he because has returned by death. He absorbed Sloth. Yeah. But I feel like he was but already like... Envy's. Who knows? Who knows? So, like, that's that's my theory, that he's, like, Envy's apostle. Because he already has, like, the mark or, like, the smell of, you know, the witch on him before he absorbs Soth. So, that's why I think, you know, he's Envy's. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I know that, like, I know that each witch has one, though. Each witch does have an apostle. So, um, he absorbs Sloth. And I also, I hope this is one of those things where he, like, goes and absorbs all the apostles. Because I'm going to be, like, super pissed. He just, like... He becomes the, the final witch. <laughs> probably, man. I could see him doing some stuff like that. Like, because um, we saw we saw Hector, right? Who was... Um, Greed? No, Hector was, like, the sully dude. He, like, pursued... I... He was the one who pursued Ekidana in, or... Echidna into the sanctuary. He was oh, on the yeah. trap. He was, um, he was, oh, God, melancholy. Yeah. So he was like, uh, whatever, melancholy. Seven witch or something. Like he was a, he was some guy. I don't think he was a witch at all. I think that was like something entirely different. Hmm. Like some, cause like melancholy is not one of the seven deadly sins. And that's kind of what the witches are based off of. Yeah. So like, he was some kind of crazy devil. Spooky, spooky thing, man. Yeah, he's like a whole wild card. Like, we don't know about him, but like, I'm interested to see what he's got going on because we got to figure out about him too, you know, and how. Yeah, like, we there, there's so many questions left. Yeah. Like, even in this, we get snapshots and snippets, but like, we find out in this season, okay, Echidna is dead, but when you beat all the trials, Echidna is like, Reborn, the the yeah. base echidna is the basis of the uh the barrier like ryuzu is the core but echidna is the like channeling of the barrier also echidna is dead af is she i mean who knows roswald wants to bring her back to life but she's currently ko as fuck see didn't like at the end of season two didn't it like pan back to like her laboratory or something not that i saw okay but um because at the end at the end of like the final episode of season two we we finish with the the, the ball. dance yeah the bar party yeah. thing and he's like 
guess what, girl? I seen some shit, but I love you. <laughs> She's like, same. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, okay. I feel like, I don't know. I have a feeling like that a kitten is going to come back. I feel like something's going on with that. Like, Oh, yeah. Man, all the witches going to come back to fight the Witch of Envy mm-hmm. in support of Amelia. Because even, uh, even Minerva, the Witch of Wrath, was like, all right, don't go asking questions because I can't tell you. She's like, who's my mother? She's like, I just told you, don't ask questions because I can't tell you. She's like, well, damn. Mm-hmm. People- so it's got to be something crazy. Yeah, Zach thinks that, like, um, the Witch of Wrath is a kitten's mother. Or, um, not a kitten, but, um, Amelia's mother. Well, I mean, if he could pronounce echidna, I would agree with him. <laughs> um, but no, I, I definitely, that's, that's the route I think we're going. No, he thinks the, Amelia, the Witch of Wrath is Amelia's mother. No, that, what the, that doesn't make any logical sense. Between the Witch of Wrath and Echidana, this man needs to become a whole ass full-fledged weeaboo before he starts <laughs> talking to me. <sighs> But yeah. Lord have mercy. But no, I, I agree. I think there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. I have so many questions. Um, a lot about Hector. A lot about, like, if Subaru is going to correct, collect all the sins and become the sin master. So, um... And, and I like that we are both left in a satisfied and satisfying ending at season two. And also left with so many questions to, like, make us care about the next part. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really like how the storytelling is, is kind of done so far. Same. Same. So. But, yeah. Um, unfortunately, we don't have any more ReZero to review now. So, I guess we're going to have to, you know, find something else to do. Yeah. We got a whole schedule we'll have to talk about. And we don't know when, when the next ReZero is coming out. So, that's a whole deal. But, you can catch more. Your typical show no protagonist. On all your podcatchers, we're talking Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Podcast, at your typical show no protagonist, or on Twitter at your TSP. That's U R T S P. How you have stuff too? Yes, you can find me at Static Dreads. That is Dreads with a Z, because I'm cool. Um, come and talk about all the cool stuff and things that are happening in the world. Booyah. And of course, you can catch the other product at Content Breaker on all your podcatchers. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram at Content Breaker. We'll catch y'all next week for more Your Typical Shono Protagonist. Bye.